everybody. You are listening to Hotter Than Health, the podcast. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, and an overall healthy lifestyle. My name is Eliza Gellman, and I am so happy to have you here with me for today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. How are you guys? Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health. I am Eliza Gellman, your host, holistic nutritionist, podcaster, and so pumped about today's episode. All right, so if you're interested in fashion, if you're interested in relationships, we talk about disordered eating. If you are interested in hearing more about growing a business, confidence when you get out of a relationship, how to handle breakups, uh, what to do when you're being gaslit in a toxic environment or relationship, what to do if you get fired from a job, we go everywhere in this podcast I'm so excited. We have Anastasia Soros on here. She is a blogger, fashion content provider, as well as the founder of Savo Social Digital Meeting. She's in (laughs) digital meeting, digital marketing. All right. We had a meeting today and we were talking all about her time in Cleveland, in Charleston, in LA, in New York, how she started with fashion, moved into content creation and blogging and marketing and how she grew her incredible business. And then we get more into her style. We get into relationships. We talk about her four-year-long relationships and where she is now. And I think that if you guys have been following her, I know you all want to know the juicy details about all of her relationships. And if you have not heard of her, we you know, we go through the timeline. We talk about her being raised in an extremely Greek household, so much lively energy. We talk about her as a child. We talk about her growing up and truly how she is the way she is today. She carries herself so gracefully and so eloquently. I think that anyone could really get something out of this episode. And I'm just thrilled to bring you guys some of her knowledge and information. But I'm going to tag all of her information in the show notes. It's Anastasia Soros, and her company is Savo Social. You can find all of that in the show notes. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to check in with you guys. All right. So last week, we had a pretty intense episode. We had Mommy Wine Culture with Carrie Boyd. We talked all about hidden secrets think that's a double negative. We talk all about secrets and how living with an addiction or an issue uh, and an unhealthy relationship with any type of substance can affect so many different parts of your life. So if this is your first time listening to Hotter Than Health, I highly encourage you to, of course, listen to all the episodes and rate and review and subscribe. But really go take a look at that one. I think that, I mean, if you are a mom, you want to be a mom. If you have a mom, if you have, if you have any friends or family members that have ever struggled with any, anything substance related, or you maybe have a feeling that you are, or you maybe have a feeling that someone you love is, then this is a great podcast to listen to, to really start to understand how common and how normal of a life you can live and function while still having these crippling issues. And we really get deep into that story. And stories have kind of been the name of the game. I think you guys are really loving the stories and some of the longer podcast episodes. We also mentioned in the beginning of last episode that I'm going to be starting to do two times a week 
2x that is right I'm so pumped uh we're gonna start with Monday and that's going to be a solo informational episode more based on health and motivation and fitness and nutrition and trends in the wellness industry uh constipation we're going to talk about regularity we're going to talk about everything under the sun food combining all that good stuff so uh be on the lookout for those two episodes per week make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out and also make sure that you review the podcast I got a message the other day from a listener and we have never met I I (laughs) this made me so happy I got a message from a listener and she was so sweet and she sent me a dm and I looked at it and I almost started to cry She was letting me know that she really was just very impacted by the podcast. And I just want anyone to know, if you're listening, if you have rated, reviewed, subscribed, shared this podcast in any way to help it grow, then thank you. And it's impacting me every week, even if we grow by one audience member. That is all I want is to continue to be able to you know, just transmit this information to anyone who needs to hear it. And I think that the more you may listen to this podcast, the more you may resonate with some of the topics that we talk about. All right. And so I'm going to bring back based on a a different listener um, messaging me and recommending that I bring this back. We, for a few episodes, did review of the week and Y'all, you know I will whore myself out for a review. I will do anything for a damn review. So even if it's one sentence, like I'm looking at some of these right now, one sentence, this one's only three words. So it just doesn't take long. Go onto the podcast app. You just type in podcast to the little swipe down on your phone or Google how to find the podcast app. It's super simple. Anywhere you can find podcasts. But if you go to the iTunes podcast app and then you search Hotter Than Health, you scroll all the way to the bottom where it says reviews and ratings, then you click write a review and you do so. All right. So I wanted to get back into review of the week and I'm going to read this one really quick before we get into today's episode. It just made me really happy. So this one is Annabelle B. This is my all-time favorite podcast. I listen to it in the shower in the mornings, driving to work, at night while I walk my dogs. Oh, be safe, girl. Even while I'm doing homework. Shh, don't tell my professor. Dang, girl, do that homework. She always has the most informal, helpful, relatable, and even hopeful topics about health, fitness, and wellness. 10 out of 10 recommend anyone to anyone and everyone. Thank you, Annabelle, for leaving that amazing review. Um... Never have I had anyone say it's the most informal podcast. I know that it is. I'm well aware. Like this is not this is not a podcast that you necessarily want to have your grandma in the car with. But uh informal. That's really helpful. Thank you. Anyways, thank you guys so much for any review and like subscribe subscription (laughs) or share so if you don't want to miss episodes make sure you subscribe you're not going to get notifications or anything it's just going to make sure that it's downloaded to your phone so that you always get it that way you can start your week with me and end your week with me I'm so fucking pumped about this episode today but you know what I'm also pumped about is Aura Organics if you're a first-time listener to the podcast Let's check this out for a second, all right? If you use a protein powder, if you use a probiotic, if you use a greens powder, if you use a digestive enzyme, if you use 
any type of holistic or health supplement in any way, stop what you're doing. You need to check out Aura Organics. Aura Organics, we've been working with them for over a year and they are my favorite brand for organic, high quality plant protein. They are one of the only, only, only products on the market for protein that actually test for heavy metals, which is a huge problem. So many brands out there, not going to name names, but Vega, they are so popular and so trendy and have this big budget for marketing. But what we don't know about them is that they actually have been tested for so many heavy metals. And that's not something that your body is naturally supposed to process. So if you guys are using a protein powder or if you've been thinking about it or a probiotic even, highly recommend using Aura Organics. Make sure when you go to Aura Organics, the link is in the show notes or on my Instagram bio. Use the code ELIZAG15 for 15% off at checkout. If you have already used that discount code, just make a new email. I actually don't think that the email is the thing. Is that, am I allowed to say that? Fuck it. But I know I've used two different credit cards and a different debit card. But if you go by PayPal, then you can't use a different one. You just have to add on a new credit card. Then you can get 15% off. Or you can get someone to buy it for you and then just Venmo them. Hey, so easy. They get the points for their miles. You get your discount. All is good in the world. All right. So Aura Organics, make sure you use the code ELIZAG15 and check out the vanilla protein powder and the probiotics and let me know how you like them. All right. So before we get into today's episode... I had to update you guys on some things. I have some fun news that literally doesn't affect anybody except for me, okay? (laughs) And I just figured I would share this because I am probably going to, again, whore myself up and out for Spanish reviews, Colombian reviews. Next week, I'm going to pre-release some episodes because I'm going to Cartagena, Colombia. It's going to be great. I can't wait. We're going to get all PCR'd up, which is bullshit. We're going to get all PCR'd up, make sure that we are C negative. We are going to pack our bags. I'm going to bring a sombrero. We're staying in this sick-ass hotel. I couldn't be more thrilled. I actually won a giveaway on Instagram. So if you're ever on Instagram and you're like, oh, these giveaways are bullshit. Nobody actually wins them. Okay, I won two actual nights at this sick-ass gorgeous hotel in the middle of the city in Cartagena and it was legit. I emailed them and they were like, hello, we are so excited to have you. And they set everything up. I couldn't be more thrilled. We actually extended our stay, but we're going to do like some catamaran and some snorkeling. It's my boyfriend's birthday. We're going to get lit. We're, oh, gag me. I have never said lit. Duh, delete Liza. All right. Uh, I'm going to crawl underneath the house, but yeah, we're going to get loose as a goose and I can't wait to watch him try and speak Spanish. I can't wait to unleash my alter ego, which is Spanish speaking Latina. And genuinely when I'm in Charleston, I kind of never let that out, but yeah, we are so excited. Going to come back super tan, just got highlights and oh my gosh, if you're in Charleston, you have to check check out Salon Alexandria and ask for Alex. She's incredible. I got some blonde stuff happening and I knew that I didn't want to, I wasn't going to have time to like get natural sun in my hair before we left. So I was like, maybe nobody will notice. You can fucking tell. I was like brown (laughs) and now I am, uh, I'm blonde. It's great. I'm super happy. 
but either way we are so so excited for this trip and I'm sure I'm talking it up too much and that's annoying but yeah we're gonna get like don't worry we will be anal swabbed there anal swabbed when we get there and coming back um so super can't wait and I will update you guys when we get back but all I know is that at the hotel we're staying at they have amazing food everywhere in Colombia has incredible ceviche they've got beautiful colors they've got walls they've got water they've got sunshine oh my god it is so time I cannot wait I'm so excited um but you know what I will be bringing on the plane because your girl gets mad anxiety when she flies she's talking about herself I know all right, about and to myself today, but I will be taking my CBD, not the sleepy one. That's the one I take before I go to bed at night. I do not need to be dragging my jaw on the floor when I get off of the plane, but when I get on the plane, here's what I'm going to have, okay? And I just, I have to say this out loud, and maybe this will be my an extended version on the Monday episode. Talking about hydration, how many times have you guys gotten on and off flights and you're super dehydrated, you're super bloated? So when you're flying, digestion <laughs> digestion digestion kind of stops. You're in this fight or flight mode, even though you might be really relaxed, you might be, not be a nervous flyer, but when your body is under that much stress and it's under that much pressure just by sheer altitude, it's under a little bit of stress. So fight or flight is a thing. So we want to make sure that you're, if anything, eating super water-based foods if you need to have a snack on the plane or something that's pretty easy to digest or maybe have a little bit of food right before the flight. And if it's a really long flight, I mean, do what you got to do, get some food, have something simple, but maybe not a ton of, you know, you don't want a big chopped chicken and kale salad. Kale can be a little bit rough on digestion if you're not able to digest it, but like if they have a nice soup, if you want to bring some teas, if you want to get a shake before, something that might be a little bit more easy to digest, but that is neither here nor there. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about my flight anxiety. I will be bringing my CB distillery relax and relief. I always have to say it. I don't even have it in front of me. I just use it so often that I'm like R&R, R&R. I'm like, okay, grab me R&R, going out, grab me R&R, having my midday coffee. But using my CB distillery relax and what is it? Relax and reset, relax and rehab, whatever. It's on their website. It's incredible. It's the R&R one. It's the one that I use probably three or four times per week. I'm not going to say that I use it every day. I don't want to be a fucking liar here. So I use it three, three or four times per week. You've seen it on my Instagram. I use it in my coffee actually a few times a week. If I do a midday cup of coffee or matcha, any type of caffeine really, or if I just want like a little bit more caffeine in the morning. So basically like kind of extending my first cup. I know that I get jitterbug. So I actually put some CBD in my coffee. It's the best. Last night, since I have the sleep kind too, you can look it up on their website, CB Distillery. Um, I'll put it in the show notes. The code is ELIZAG15 for 15% off. Hey, make sure you check it out. Um, those are the two that I recommend. But last night I was like, hey babe, will you make me a cup of chamomile? He said, sure. I will do anything for you always. I said, wow, so sweet. I came over, or he came over, handed me the cup of tea, slurped it down, and on my last sip, I was like, oh my God, did you put an edible in the bottom of here? He's like, no, psycho, I put your CBD in there like you always do. And I was like, oh my God. I immediately felt so calm. And I'm like, I have got energy until like I go to bed. You know, I sleep well. But I'm up until I go to bed. 
And I immediately just felt this wave of warm, but not high, this wave of warm comfort. And I would just kind of floated to bed. It was amazing. I was so happy and just had the sweetest dreams, even though I did have a little bit of a nightmare that he, I had a nightmare that my boyfriend said, I hate your podcast. What the fuck kind of dream is that? I am trying to grow this thing. I'm trying to manifest getting signed by a network. I am trying to manifest growth here and like my dream guests. Why are these terrible thoughts coming into my subconscious at night? I can't stop them if they're my dreams. Anyways, happy thoughts today. Make sure you guys check out CB Distillery. I use it on flights, especially for a little bit of flight anxiety so that I don't get off the plane super groggy. But then, you know, it's just there to kind of cushion the landing, if you will right? All right. So that's enough of that. Make sure you check it out. Eliza G15. All of these, all of this information will be in the show notes. Let's get into today's episode with Stas. Make sure you follow her Anastasia Soros on Instagram. Let's do it to it. Anastasia, I'm I'm just gonna call you Stas. I feel like everyone, yeah, <laughs> like everyone calls you something different. Your name is so unique. Like you all heard on the intro today, she is in marketing and branding. Has her own uh, digital marketing company, Savo Social, and she's gonna get all into that. But we're also gonna get into a little bit more about some deep stuff. So we're going to get to the heart. We're going to talk about relationships and love and breakups. And I think you guys will all really love to hear from her. So girl, let us know how you are. Tell us what's up. I, hi, first of all, I am like so excited. I was so pumped when you reached out to me. It's, we were just ch- chatting a little bit before this, but um, it's been so long since we've caught up and it was such I a know. good, like, I was really excited to do that. Um but I'm good. I'm really good. Yeah. Yeah. Things are kind of just like coasting now. And I like that. (laughs) Finally. It's it's nice when you go through the tough stuff and you work so hard on building a business and you can look back and see things are flowing and working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, obviously you didn't, this just didn't happen overnight. I feel like you have such a beautiful brand presence online, but that's been work. I remember when I met you at Hilo, you had, I, I even remember it because we were going through like influencers and people we could have in the studio and all these cool things. And I think you had like 11,000 followers and you were like, I'm working on it, like trying to build up a, you know, more of a brand. And, and now you are where you are and you're building a company that builds other people. But so tell us about how you grew up. Um, tell us back, take us back to your childhood. Okay. Um, well, I grew up in a very Greek household. My parents are both hundred percent Greek. Their grand, their parents are immigrants from Greece. Um, so like the customs and traditions and the mindset and everything was very much straight from Greece. Um, and, and I think in a lot of ways it was, I am very lucky because my parents, I think grew up much differently than I did. They kind of had the barrier of learning English and teaching their parents English and kind of guiding them through the culture here where I 
was so fortunate to have my parents go through that already. And they learned like such an amazing balance that we got all the amazing traditions and mentality and ways of life that I instill today, but I didn't have these like barriers of navigating like such a strong culture shift. So I'm very fortunate. And I see that now that I'm older, there's a lot of things I hated when I was younger. I had to go to Greek school. I hated that. I had to go like, it was just, it was a lot of Greekness. Like I remember growing up, I had like my Greek friends and I had my American friends and it was like, I, I look at it now, I'm like, that is hilarious, but it like, how amazing I had like two really great groups of people to kind of shape me, but, um, that's wild. So yeah. you, so you said you went to Greek school and you went to American school. Of course, I mean, here's me so uneducated with even just saying no, this, but I'm just, I'm just thinking of like when the children in my big fat Greek wedding, they went to school and it was so different because they had like different American friends. They would come back from Greek school and the parents would, there's always so much energy going on and always food and always so much love and closeness. Um, can you talk about, I mean, what do you notice now looking back at your childhood? What were some specifics that you remember about going to Greek school, coming back and recognizing that something was your family just, I mean, was different. You had a different culture. You were raised differently. When was like one of those aha moments? Um, when all of my friends got to go to Girl Scouts and that was on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And that's when I had Greek school and I wasn't allowed to be in Girl Scouts because I had to go to Greek school. And I'm like, I don't want to go to Greek school. I want to be a Girl Scout. And it was like, I had no choice. You had to go because it was so important to my parents that we didn't lose this like closeness that they had growing up because they didn't have like American friends and Greek friends. It was like, okay, maybe they had some friends at school, but those weren't the people they hung out with on the weekends or during the day. Like it was like, you hung out with the people you went to church with and the people who, because it was so close knit, everyone kind of came from Greece right around the same time that they Mm -hmm. stuck together. And there was a really strong community. And um, all of the people that my parents grew up with then had kids that were around our age. So like, it was so amazing. And like now to this day, I have like, like 20 cousins. I don't even know if half of them are my cousins or not. Like we just call (laughs) other cousins, but like a group of people that we literally still will go to Greece together. We plan trips together. We go to each other's bachelorette parties now. And it's like, we talk about the day that when we have kids, like how amazing that like, we're going to bring our kids up, like to have the same, the same type of like mentality and values that we did growing up. But Mm -hmm. going back to what you were saying, that was when I realized like, I'm in for it. Like, this is not going to be the same as everybody else. Like my friends would come over my house and it was like music playing and like everybody and like food was always out. And it's just a very lively culture. And then you'd go, I'd go to some of my parents' house or my uh, friends' houses and it would be like very quiet and like just so different. And it's, it wasn't bad. Like I honestly appreciated it because I was so used to this like chaos all the time. And it was like amazing. And I wouldn't change it for the world, but like, it's just it's a, it's a very vibrant culture. <laughs> I love that. And if you follow um, Stas on Instagram, we'll plug all of her handles on here, but um, you always allude to Greek food and Greek culture yeah. and travels. And I can't imagine, yeah, having not 
sunk my teeth into that, into that entire culture. It's so, it, it is not as, it, there aren't as many Greek people. And really, you know, are. I remember when I lived in Charleston, there is a Greek church and I went, I did go, like I would go a few Sundays, I would go for Easter and I would make it a point because those things are really um, special to like the culture is like, you went to church because not only was, was it, you know, from a religious standpoint, but it was like a cultural thing. Like yeah. you got to hang out with your friends, you got to see your cousins and, you know, plan the next event you're going to go to. It was just like this place. And then you also had Greek food after church. So like, it was just kind of this whole, it was a culture. And I remember when I went to Charleston, I was like, it was eye opening. I'm like, Oh, this is not Cleveland's small, but the community here is surprisingly like really big we've got a big greek community mm-hmm. um but yeah it was it was a culture shock when i went to charleston i was like oh this for sure same i feel like <laughs> in a way and this is not to knock charleston obviously i love it here but there is you know i'm not even a practicing jew but definitely have jewish roots and appreciate growing up in a household that celebrated hanukkah and passover and christmas and easter and um, I always say, I'm like, I want to make Seder cool again. I want to make Passover cool again. And it always, I haven't like really acted on it as much as I want to, but it inspires me to say, okay, I want my children to do this because it is, it is challenging to go out and seek out a community that might be different. And it's easier to just go with the norm. Um, and it's easier to just kind of blend in with what's around. And yeah, even the Jewish community here is a little bit small and also, maybe it's not, but I just don't really even see it. Yeah. But um, that's that's one thing that I also think about. So that's so interesting. And I love that you have leaned into it throughout your whole life. I think that's so beautiful. Um, well, so speaking of not really blending in and kind of just beating to the tune of your own drum and doing what works for you. Um, so you went from living with family, college, and then how did you get into the lifestyle and career and the passion for what you do now? Can you walk us through kind of that timeline and what inspired you? Yeah. So I always had this like really strong passion for style and clothing. And I loved putting outfits together. Like I loved going to school because I got to like pick out a new outfit. That was like, I, I lived for that. Um, so that was kind of just like always there. And then when I went to college, I just had this like determination, like I need to make this work. Like I want to make this work. I wanted it so badly, um, that I just like busted my butt and I worked retail. And I remember I, my first retail job was at BCBG and it was like iconic at the time. Like, Yeah, it was just amazing. I could not, I was so excited to be a saleswoman at BCBG. And I was like 18, I couldn't wait. And I remember when after like two weeks, I was like, I am going to work for BCBG in Los Angeles. I want to work here. I want to work for their corporate. And I remember telling my manager that and she just like laughed at me. She was like, not very nice, but she kind of just like wrote me off. And I was like, okay, like that's that going to fuel you even more. Exactly. That was the fire I needed. And it was such a like, small thing like to her she probably like didn't even think anything of it she's just like listening to me talk and that was like what I needed to like hang on to to like work as hard as I did and um I interned a lot in college I worked for Steve Madden my junior year so I moved a semester to New York 
uh, lived there from December till May. And that was really hard to move to New York, like in the peak of college or junior year. Gosh, yeah. Um, You leave everything, but like, what an amazing opportunity I had to go. So I went, and in the meantime, I was applying for an internship in Los Angeles for BCBG. Um, That was like the dream. That was the end goal. I wanted to be there so badly. And um, I remember just like cold calling and emailing and just like being so persistent. And I would just Google people on LinkedIn and like like who I could like talk to. I'm like, just hook me up with somebody. Let me talk to somebody. I had no connections. I didn't know anybody that worked there. Yeah. Set me up with like the, uh, the front desks girls, right. You know, babysitter from high school and I will get in anyone. Like, so I was persistent and, um, eventually I got through and spoke to somebody and I had an interview and it went so well. I crushed it. I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like I was on the highest of highs. And then they called me back and they're like, um, you know, the internship you applied for, the woman had a really bad experience the last few times. She's not going to take an intern. And, and they're like, so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And I was just devastated. It was like in a letter. I'm like, oh, that was it. And I was like, okay, you know what? It just wasn't meant to be. I went, I moved from New York right back to Cleveland and I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to figure it out. We're going to work. And that's going to be that. So then, um, a few weeks later I got, a call from a Los Angeles number. And I was like, oh, and I just like knew it. Yeah. And your heart just like starts beating out of its chest. Exactly. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but like, it's something. And they called and they were like, you know, the woman and I, and this woman, like, I didn't even interview with her. I didn't know who she was or whatever. So they're like, she decided she's going to take an intern. Can you come in two weeks? And I was like, yes, I'll be there in five minutes. I just, I figured it out. I got a house. I got a car. I got like everything figured out in two weeks on my own. My parents were like, if you're going to go, you're going to figure it out. We're not going to like fund you for a summer to live in Los Angeles for an unpaid internship. Which is what immediately people would see. They'd be like, okay, wow. She can just go afford to live in LA and like do all these things. No, 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 no. no. I took a student loan. I was like, this is going to be worth it in the long run. And I was very fortunate to have, like, I wasn't knee deep in student loans. So I was like, you know what? Like, this is it. This is worth it to me. It's important to me. And I'm going to make it worth it. Like, I'm not going to go there and just like goof off and party. I'm going to make it worth my while. So I, I got a loan. I got an apartment. I lived in a sorority house on UCLA's campus with a bunch of girls. And it was just open for the summer. So they like let people come in. They just rent out rooms and you can just rent out a room. And it was honestly perfect because it was all girls my age. Some were from UCLA, some were from all over the country, like I was from Ohio. And so it was amazing. Like it it was just so perfect. Yeah. Um, So I lived in a sorority house. I got a rental car and I moved by myself. I just went across the country, never been to California before. And just showed up. And I was like, here I am. I'm just going to figure it out. I Um, love that. I think that that's like the quote of so many people's lives my life it's like put yourself in a situation where you just fucking have to figure it out you have to figure it out right and if I would have had my parents lay everything out for me like sure that would have been so great because I wouldn't have had like to work as hard but honestly it was the best thing that they could have done for me to say if you want to go do it figure it out and I could have done for myself it so, also means, it also means, Hey, we believe in you to do this. You can do this. Go, you know, mm-hmm. not, not, 
all right, we're just going to like sit back and watch you fall on your face. It's, you know, they're motivating and encouraging and, and it's a loving place, but they're also like, you're growing up. You got to figure this out. If, if this is that big of a deal to you, like show us your passion, you know? Yeah. And, and it was also like, my parents are such, there's, they're really great at being like supportive and whatever, but like they could not wrap their head around why I would go to California for an unpaid internship for a summer. They're like, why, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just work here? And it was just like, I think that was sometimes where like the, the differences play in. I'm like, you don't understand. This is going to be worth, like, this is going to make a big difference in my life. Yeah. They're like, you're already living the dream. Yeah, exactly. They're like, you're working at BCBG. I'm like, it's not the same. (laughs) Like, yeah, this is at Dillard's mall. (laughs) Like I want to be in LA. (laughs) So yeah. Um, and I think that's why they weren't like just writing me a check and sending me off. It was, they were like, this is great for you, but sorry. For sure. For sure. Um, how did you get from LA to Charleston and now where you are? What was that? What was that like? So I moved to LA. I was there for like three months. And this woman who at first didn't want me ended up being like my mentor in life. And I go back to LA at least like once one to like three times a year. And I see her every single time to this day. It's been like seven years. She is like, yeah, she's like one of the most important people to me. And she's very, she's just shaped my career to what it has been. So I finished my internship in LA and I am just fallen in love with Los Angeles. I fall in love with everything it has to offer the lifestyle, not so much the like more so like the healthy options that were available to me and the totally hiking. like the progressiveness. Yes. Yes. I loved that. I had everything so accessible to me because in Cleveland, it was like, I did not have those things. Um, so I went back and I finished my senior year of college and I was so motivated. I'm like, I'm moving back to LA. And then, um, I actually made a pit stop. So I finished my senior year and I got offered a job to work at Victoria's Secret Corporate in New York City. Cool. And I couldn't turn that down. Like, this is just like a dream job. Mm -hmm. And I didn't Mm -hmm. have a job lined up in LA. Like there was something in the works, but it was really like, it was paying me nothing. And it was not really what I want to do. It was just like a foot in the door and it just didn't feel like right. So it was sad. In a, in a sense to not pursue LA at that time, but, um, Victoria's secret in New York, I was like, I have to go. Um, so I did, I moved four days after I graduated, I got on a plane, moved to New York. Um, and I worked on their marketing and public relations team. And that's how I got started in marketing was got it. So you weren't like putting rhinestones on boobs. You were like putting, you were really marketing. You were in the back end. you were doing some stuff. Oh yeah. And I, and the team was like 12 people and I didn't realize that I thought I was going to be just like, not hands-on with anything like cool. Um, and it was the complete opposite. Like I got thrown in and it was 12 people and we were planning the Victoria's secret fashion show at the time it was in London. Um, it was like models walking past my cube every day. I'm like, what is this world I'm living in right now? And it was like, it was amazing. We were planning events and planning and I was stopping by photo shoots and and like, it was a lot of hard work. Like I wasn't doing like the most glamorous of jobs, but like, you know, I was dropping off bras. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, that's still so fascinating and it gives you a different taste and 
maybe you didn't want to necessarily be in marketing. Maybe you did want to do fashion. So it's like, it kind of gives you the taste of both things, which you've completely integrated into your life now by literally being a, I don't know, a fashion content creator stylist. I don't know how to (laughs) articulate that, but then also representing yourself and other large businesses or boutique businesses with your, with your marketing. Yeah. So cool. I think that that job is really what shaped everything that I am now. It was like, okay, I love fashion, but I think I love branding and marketing. Like that's really what I could see myself doing. Like fashion is just really hard. It's a really cutthroat, not so nice industry. Um, and I have really thick skin, but like, it's not something I want. I didn't want to get like beat down all the time. It was just like, I love branding. I loved the idea of building a brand and taking it more than just like the apparel because the apparel comes and goes like in, in a few months it's on sale. It's no longer relevant. And like, that's exciting, but I liked something that was a little bit long lasting and yeah, like, like big know, pie in the sky type thing. You want to exactly. I'm much, I realize I'm much better at like big picture than I am little detail things. We got to uh, talk after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we got to talk. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. So that, um, I, I loved that job. It was great. My apartment was up. My lease was up. And honestly, I hated living in New York. And I just was like, this is just exhausting. Like as much as I love this job, I was like, either I get a new place or I go figure out something else. So I moved back to Cleveland and I worked for Joanne Fabrics. Do you know Joanne Fabrics? No, I don't, but I, that doesn't, shouldn't surprise you. I genuinely know nothing. So, (laughs) you know, Michael's like the craft store. Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So it's like essentially Michael's competitor. They're like just as big, but I realized like a lot of States don't have a Joanne Fabrics. They have a Michael's. Oh, got it. Got it. Okay. It's like right at that caliber, Um, but they're headquartered in like right outside the Cleveland area. So I got a job there and that was my first job in social media. And that's when I started my personal brand. So it was like, I took all the things I loved in the past internships and working. And then since I was back in Cleveland, I needed that this like outlet. So that's when I started my blog and Instagram and yeah. Got it. Got it. A year and a half before Charleston. Okay. Well, so you are, you're at this great job. You're starting to realize, Hey, maybe I could do this for myself. Um, that those wheels are kind of starting to turn. When did you meet boyfriend? And this is, this is where I want to get into the juicy stuff. Yeah. This is where it gets juicy. (laughs) It's like, I, someone said it the other day, I was recording someone on an interview and they were like, this is that part in the book where you have the three little stars at the top of the page where you know some shit's about to happen. <laughs> like pivot. When the story starts, everything else is great. I'm young, whatever. Like no, this is when it's like, okay, shit. We've got a lot of like learning curves ahead. So I meet him um, like October of 2016. So I had just started my job in Cleveland and he was... Move, he moved to Charleston right before we started dating. Okay. So we're both from Cleveland. He moves for law school year one to Charleston. I am in Cleveland and essentially we did distance the whole first year of dating. So I would go visit Charleston from time to time. He would come visit Cleveland. Um, and I think because I was visiting Charleston so much and I was young, I was like 20, 
three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I knew I didn't want to live in Cleveland. I was honestly making plans to move back to LA. I was just like working and saving and job hunting in Los Angeles. And then I meet him and, um, he's in Charleston and I'm like, okay, well, Charleston's kind of nice. Like it's got the beach. It's got the things I like about LA. It's like small town, but small city, everything's accessible, but like, it's easy. It's easy. It's so easy. And he was hundred percent Greek. So like, that was very enchanting to me. I'm like, I've never dated anybody Greek before. There were so many things that we kind of just got without having to try to get like, I didn't have to explain things to him. And there's nothing wrong with having to explain because I love to talk about my culture, but it was kind of refreshing to just not have to do that. I'm like, oh, yeah. he knows like yeah. all these holidays that we have all these like little traditions and things that are so special, but like it takes time to understand and learn them. He already knew. And it was really cool because it was this bond that I've never had before. And something that you want to carry on to your children. So you're like, this is appealing and a partner. This is like, you said it perfectly enchanting. I think we should keep, keep that word in play. Yeah. <laughs> it down. I mean, it, it really was. I just kind of like, it, it literally was like a fairy tale in my head. I'm like, wow, I can't believe this. And we didn't meet through like, you know, a family member setting us up or like the church. It was like, we met through like mutual friends at a party, just like I would meet anybody. And it was just like, oh, you have to meet this guy. And they, and his friends would go, oh, you have to meet this girl. Like she's Greek, blah, blah, blah. We met each other. We were both like normal Greek people. Not like there's a lot of different types of Greek people. I love, <laughs> but like <laughs> he was, he was like, I guess we grew up very similarly. Like mm-hmm we still had so much of the American culture in our lives mm-hmm. that it wasn't like, Oh, it was just all Greek, everything, because that like, was not what I wanted to be either. Like, yeah. Like you had the appreciation, but you also had the freedom and flexibility. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah. And that was, um, a year of going back and forth. And then he asked me to move to Charleston that summer. So mm-hmm. I ended up moving like September, 2017. I moved during hurricane Irma. I'll never forget it. Oh, Jesus. And yeah. I'm, I mean, it is what it is. I feel like we get a hurricane every year. So yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, like, but like, yeah, I remember that was a big one. Everyone evacuated and everyone was oh, yeah. you know, like, it was a big deal. It was a big I deal. Was- I remember my mom and I were driving my car down. My dad was coming in the next day to move me in. And we were the only car going south. And the highway was packed going north. And we just sat in silence for like an hour. We're like, are we doing the right thing? Like, <laughs> can we see a tornado right now? Um, here? <laughs> like, I remember that. I was one of those dinguses who was driving north and I was like, oh, nothing's going to even happen. And then I got to Charlotte where my destination thinking, uh-huh. oh, all is good. And it hit me harder there. Yeah. And so I, I was like running away from it. When I got to Charlotte, I was like, this is so I'm category okay. five in my mind. Yes. It was, sure. it was, it was like, it hit for sure, but not nearly, it kind of just like went over Charleston and didn't totally. hit. Totally. But like city was boarded up and like my mom is like, has no color in her face. She's like, what am I doing? Dropping you off here right now. Like she knows, she doesn't know anything about hurricane. She's just like freaking out. Yeah. So that was, that was my first weekend in Charleston, but, um, so you move there and it's this like beautiful life. He's in law school. So you like see this person who mm-hmm. is 
you know, working so hard and they have this drive and a goal and you're like, wow, this is so attractive. Um, you're working on your stuff. So what was it like? Like, tell me about your relationship. Like, so from an outsider's perspective, I just saw like beautiful Greek couple, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and I was like, wow. And what was it like, you know, what were some of those ups and downs? What were some of those defining moments for you guys? Um, I think I'll say this most of the time spent in Charleston really was this like beautiful time. I feel like it wasn't perfect by any means. We argued we're both very like strong headed and don't like to be wrong. It's the, it's the Greek in us. It's just, we're both very like dominant people. So sometimes that got in the way for sure. But like, for the most part, it was really great. And there was something really like romantic about it just being us. We had no, no one else there. Um, and I think we kind of had like had drama in Cleveland. Like it's just a small city and like a lot of, he had a lot of friends. I had a lot of friends and it was just like, it was nice to just get away from everyone and be in this beautiful. And Charleston is just like a fairy tale. Like it really is. It's a simple, easy Yes. Little town. Yeah. It is. Like you go out to dinner and then you like you go for walks. And it's just a really easy way of living. And we had a really cute place in Mount Pleasant and it was walkable to things. And there was a little lake we'd go. Like it was honestly really great. There's not a lot of things that I could say, like, ugh, I don't like I regret it. I'm so happy about everything that happened there. And I think a lot of like growing up happened. Like I started to get really bad anxiety when I moved to Charleston and it was something I learned to navigate that I didn't realize I had before. And he was a partner with me there. So it was nice to have somebody to lean on and help me through this. Like it was like crippling anxiety. Yeah. Uh, I worked a job that I just like really, really was unhappy in. I remember Um, you telling me about that. And the whole time you were like, you just, you described it just like a job you were not excited about it but you were working really hard yeah you know what was can you talk a little bit about your anxiety I know that I don't want to throw that word around lightly but if you're like if someone's suffering with really anxious thoughts and anxiety then it it's it's fair to talk about and it you know as common as it is it's not normal um and it's it shouldn't be but we have to normalize like talking about it so what were some of the things that you noticed in your day-to-day that were you know, that you would relate to being anxious or having anxious yeah. thoughts. And what were some things that you maybe did to cope with that? And that's just um, me interrupting here. So that's no, that's great. Honestly, <laughs> I am love to talk about it because I'm in such a better place now than I was then. And I feel like, I can't believe I lived that long that way. Like it was to the point where like, I couldn't sleep at night. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would just have pits and I'd have to wake him up and be like, Hey, I'm having like really anxious thoughts. And he'd wake up and talk. He'd be like, okay, what's going on? Talk about it. Like, what do you need? Okay. This is anything that we can't do right now. Like, let's just fall back asleep. Like, okay. But like, I had to like talk it out. Otherwise I was just in my head and it was like pits in my stomach and like my chest closing in. And I felt that way all the time, all the time. Mm -hmm. My mind was like forever racing. I couldn't fall asleep. I would wait, like I said, I couldn't even sleep a whole night. So I realized like, and then I started to get really bad breakouts and just like, hold on to like weight that was 
not normal for me. I'm pretty much the same forever. I've always just kind of been the you same. Are, and you're a very naturally petite person. So if you're saying that you are carrying any weight because you, and you have a, it seems very good, strong body image. It's that's something to look at. It's like if a very naturally petite person starts to hold on a really unhealthy, weird weight, then that's, you know, like, where does that come from? And it was weird weight. That's the perfect way to say it. It wasn't like, oh, okay. Like this is like, if I feel like, oh, okay. Like stomach's coming in, stomach's coming in. I know what it is. I can see that. But it was like, I felt like you could pop me with a needle and I would just explode with water. It was just like, I was holding on to like so much stress in my body that like, I was just, it was in my face. It was in my arms. It was everywhere. And I'm like, I would look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, what is going on? Like, who is this person? And, and I didn't put the stress with it. Um, but it took a long time to figure it out because I was not willing to like get out of my mind of like, okay, like you, you can't stress about this. Like this is an unhealthy situation you're in work-wise you have to fix this. And like, I was just so like, this is a job I'm in Charleston. I think that the biggest thing was I didn't know a lot of people. I didn't know anybody moving to Charleston. So I felt like I had this job. I have to just keep this job. Like I didn't know where else to work and it's a small town. And like, there was all these, your sense of comfort almost. Exactly. I had no sense of comfort. This job, I felt like I just needed to hold on to, even though it was literally ruining me. And I got an honestly high low. And I talk about this all the time. The yoga and high low Kate's classes literally were my therapy. Like I would go there and I would just sweat it out and I would be in the back. And like, sometimes I would just lay there and I would just like work through things in my mind. Sob. Sob. I would literally sob like, and it's so dark in there sometimes that like and loud. And I was like, you know what? Like, I just have to let, I got to let it all go. And like, I would just leave it on the mat. And honestly, I was going to high low, like every single day, sometimes twice a day, because it was just therapeutic for me. And it just was working. Yeah. You've got to listen. You've got to listen to the interview I did with Kate Moon. I think you'd really like it. It was, she just goes into her whole story and it's really beautiful. And it, I think you would appreciate it a lot. I am going to, she, and I talk about her still like to in Cleveland, I have not found a studio where I felt the way, like I felt in her classes. It is just, uh, I would it's go back something to different. Yeah, it really is. She is just has like this beautiful mind. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, You've got to go to one of her retreats. I know. Oh my gosh. I do. Wow. Okay. I'm going to make that happen. Yeah. Make it happen. Um, okay. So you're, you're struggling with all these thoughts and you think, okay, wow, I have this, um, this partner. And especially when you're in this uneasy time, you're like, leaning on this person even more. So it brings you closer. So talk about that evolution and and then what happened. I'll say this too. And I feel like it's not something I talk about. I don't think I've ever really talked about, but it plays a huge part in my growth and like how much I appreciated this partner. Um, I was struggling with an eating disorder for like three years and like moving to Charleston was at the end of it when I realized, okay, this isn't right. Cause he, he's the one who, who brought it to my attention. He's like, look, you're real thin. Like you're too thin. You don't eat. I watch you. Like, this is not yeah. good. He's like, I don't, I don't know if you're doing this because like it's you, or if it's because you think I want you to be this way, but like, I want you to be healthy and I can tell you're not healthy. And I think that that was my life is not exactly what I thought it was kind of thing. Wow. 
it was like, I had this like appreciation for this person in my life. I'm like, okay, you're right. And he was right. Like, like you want the best for me. You love me. You see me. And, and, and honestly, like, I believe that he did. And, and he really, I don't think I would be at this healthy state of my life, like from like self-acceptance and like, I no longer have these like obsessive thoughts. Like I live a much different life. I've put on much more weight than I was in Charleston. Um, and I don't, I, I give him all the credit for it because I don't know if I would have gotten myself, like if I would have, it would have clicked in my head. Um, so we built a really strong relationship for, for like the first, so I guess it's year two of dating year one of living in Charleston. And then, um, year two was like different. it was like fighting was more often. I started to kind of like open my eyes. And I think that's when I started to, once I got out of this destructive self phase that I was in for so long, I started to see my worth. And I was like, okay, like I actually don't have to be so dependent on people for like confidence or like all these things. Like I can find that in myself and I just have to work harder. And I, was luckily the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life was the job I was working. Um, they laid off my entire department. Like I remember messaging you and being like, fuck yeah. And you were like, I'm doing my own thing now. There was like, I don't know, like 30 people that got laid off. We all got laid off on the same day. And I cried. I was like, holy shit, what am I going to do? Two hours later, I was like, okay, I'm going on my own. This is what I have to do. So that was literally the best thing that's ever happened to me was getting laid off because it's been two years now and I've been working for myself ever since that time. And it's been a game changer. Because Uh, you put yourself in a situation where you had to figure that shit out. Exactly. Because I had been wanting to go on my own for like half a year before that. And I was too afraid. I was like, but the insurance, but I have to do all these things, but the comfortability and the paycheck, it's like, I get those fears. Like those fears are still, they're so valid and they're so real. But like, if you don't take that jump, you are just in this hamster wheel. Yeah. You're never going to get out of it. That is exactly what happened to me at Hilo. I, no offense to Hilo, like I still go there. I love it, but it just wasn't for me anymore. And I knew I needed to do my own thing. And it took, it took like a very intense situation I didn't get laid off by any means, but it took a very intense situation for me to quit and walk away. And I just kept thinking like, oh, the paycheck that I wasn't even getting benefits and I definitely wasn't even making that much money. So I was like, what am I doing? I'm capping myself. And so then, then you realize like I, you figure it out because you have to, like you have to. Yeah. What literally, what am I going to do? I was living in Charleston. I had to pay rent. Like I had to figure, I had to figure it out. So I started with one client. I'm like, okay, here we go. And then I got like a little, like bit of confidence. Like, okay, like someone trusts me with their company and with their work and like their money, here we go. And like, we just kind of started building from there. And it's like, I was so like worried about, and it's not about the money, but in a sense, it's like, it's about the money to an extent because you have to pay for your life. Like, you know, your worth. And that's just one level of, Uh, like one level of self-worth when you see other people also seeing your worth. Like I know my worth, this is what I'm asking. And they, they, they see that they see the worth. Yes, exactly. And it's like, I was so worried about not getting, not having this set paycheck from a company. And it's like, 
Well, clearly they didn't know that, that clearly that, that wasn't even that secure. Everyone got fired. And exactly, exactly. So it's just like, it was the most, like I learned so much from that and it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and so, I think that's sorry. when the decline started happening in our relationship was when I started to pick up by myself, like solo. So did he... And I would just want to ask this because I know that he's like a great guy and there's really, you know, so much respect to him. I don't even know the guy, but do you think that he was used to you not seeing your worth? And so once you started seeing your worth, do you think that he didn't want to keep up with it? Do you think that he didn't know how to keep up with it? What was that? I think, yes, I think he was so used to me being insecure and I don't I'm really good at faking it back then like if you met me for the first time you wouldn't think like oh like she's just really insecure because like, I'm not like shy and quiet like you and know you carry if I, yourself gracefully or yeah and if I have a few drinks on top of it if we're like out we were like 23 that was like my my party phase of life like you know, I, I, I could like have a few drinks and I'm like center of attention, just like I wasn't hiding in the corner, but there was so much insecurity there that a lot of people didn't see. And he was the only one that really saw. And I relied on him a lot to just kind of like, okay, you're right. You know, I, I am pretty, or I am this and I am smart. And it was like, I needed to be reminded by somebody else about things that like were either didn't, don't, they don't matter. Or it's like, I should know I'm smart. Like I got to this point and it was just like, I was so dependent on someone else to make me feel good that I think like when I started to go off on my own and kind of build this brand and a business and my Instagram started to kind of pick up, it was like, I no longer needed him to tell me those things. Like I felt them inside. I'm like, I am confident and I am smart and I am hardworking and I am these things. And I always have been, but like, I wasn't tapping into that. Like I was just kind of like coasting. Mm -hmm. The second I learned that like the harder I work and the more I educate myself and, and it's, and it's easy when it's something you like, like I love branding and I love marketing. So the more I learned and educated myself and kind of kept up with things and started trends as soon as not started them myself, but like when I saw a trend, like give it a go as well. It was like, I kind of was like, okay, this is cool. Like you build confidence when you feel like when you know answers to things. And I actually, that's so funny. Ed Milet, he's this, you know who he is. Yeah. He always says confidence comes from keeping commitments to yourself. And that's what you were doing. You were, you were, literally saying, I'm going to do this. And then you did it and you did that over and over again. And then your confidence kept building. Yeah. So amazing. It's because you're comfortable. It's like, I have, I can speak up because I, I read about it and I knew about it. I do this every day. Like it's, it's just such a difference. than like, when you're not passionate about something, you're not going to spend your free time going into it. You're going to find, you're going to fill the void with something else. And like, that's totally fine. But like, I felt so fortunate that I kind of found something I love and it's work. Um, mm-hmm. So that was kind of like the start of the decline, I guess. Um, and then we moved back to Cleveland and that's kind of where it all just. Yeah. Folded. 
So you guys decided to move back to Cleveland and then you obviously were still living together, but was there like one moment or did he say one thing where you were like, I don't need this. I, I can't do this. What yeah. Cause obviously uh, you've been together for four years, you know, it's someone, it's your partner. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming that everyone on the outside was like, they're getting married for sure. They're, you know, yeah. and we talked about it. It was the first person that I thought like, I can marry that. Like, this is someone I can marry. And I think, um, Oh, I realize now that I'm out of it, that everyone around me saw the same things that I didn't see. And it's nothing against him. It's just what we were together. And I held on to the commitment that we made and like the time we spent together and the things that we went through and the Greekness of it all. Like I was holding on to those things and not seeing that this is actually a really unhealthy relationship. And uh, we moved back to Cleveland and he kind of broke up with me out of the blue. This was like two, two years ago. It was like 2019 or something. Yeah. 2019 uh, just broke out, broke up with me out of the blue one night. We were all out with friends. And then like we slept, we were going to crash at a friend's house. I had a spare room and I woke up in the middle of the night and he was gone. And I was like, what happened? What? There was no fight. There was no nothing. It was just like all of a sudden gone. And I remember waking up with this like sinking feeling when I realized he wasn't there and I'm at his friend's house. I'm like, where did you go? He's like, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I was like, what? <laughs> so just all of the fights had added up to this or? It was that it was, I think some things that he was going through too. He was working really hard for some of his goals that he was having a harder time than he thought that he would to get there. Um, and I think that like all those things kind of piled up for him and that it was a common theme in our relationship that like when things got tough, like he ran and I, um, I'll stay like, I'm a very like loyal person, not loyal. Like, Oh, like I'm like, Yes, loyal in the sense I'm I'm not gonna have like a side piece, but also like but you're steadfast. You will I'm steadfast. Like let's figure this out. Like I'm here, like I have committed to you and I meant that. Like, even though we're not married, it's like we've been together for so long. This is like I'm not gonna run. And he would run. Um, and then so he broke he broke up with me out of the blue, and it was just like my world shattered. Like I was just like, what? I was so blindsided. I was like, this was a person I was going to marry. I couldn't believe it. I had no answers. I'm like, what is going on? I, I was living with my parent. We moved back with our, each other's parents at the time. We didn't have an apartment or a house yet. And you weren't living together when mm -hmm. you broke up. Honestly, mm -hmm. thank God. Can you, Oh, I was going to ask you about that. Oh, well, this is just like part one because that's oh, part okay. two, we're living together. <laughs> so okay. he's like been trying to get me back. Eventually I go for it. I'm like, okay, he got a house. So I move in. We're back together. Things are good. We're working through things, but we're fighting a lot. Like, and it's like screaming at me. Like, and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not really an aggressive. I don't scream. I don't yell. I don't scream. I'm just like, I didn't. And so like, I would retaliate by like yelling back. And, and like, I just would sit there sometimes. I'm like, you're like, who is this person? Who is this person? Yeah. Like, uh, this is not me. I am not like, I am not me. And it was just like this constant, like these blow up fights, just really, really bad. And it took 
we were living together and then we were moving into this new place. So now we're, this was about like October-ish time, November time now of this past year. 2020. Mm -hmm. And we moved into a new house and I hated it. I hated this house. I did not want to move into this house. I just kind of know that. Yeah. I really wanted to make him happy. He's like, it's a good, it's a good price. We should move here. Like it's the easy thing to do. Easy thing to do. And I was like, okay, like, all right. So feel it in your bones. I know that feeling like the back of my hand. It's so your instinct is, but your loyalty outweighed your instinct. Yeah. Yeah. And I just had this feeling like, it, like my chest, like I felt that anxiety again. And it was like, I felt it in my chest and my gut. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And like, he would go to work and I work from home full time and I'm living in this house that I don't want to live in. And there's nothing wrong with the house. Like I felt so bad because I'm like, I have a roof over my head and I can afford it. But it was like, this isn't what I want. Like, I didn't want to live here. And I just remember like crying. I just would like cry. I would sit on the kitchen floor and so frustrated and just like cry. I'm like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to live here. This isn't like what I want to do at all. And I was just so unhappy. And he, I have to give him credit in the sense of like, he really did try, like want to make it better. And like, he said, like, we can move. I'm like, no, we just moved. Like it was all these things. And then we got into a blood fight again. And, um, it got so bad and he just packed all my stuff. Like, yeah. He packed your stuff. He packed all my stuff. And I was like, I was at a Pilates class and I came back, all of my stuff was packed. I'm like, oh my God. And, and it was honestly the most, I felt like a weight was off my chest. I'm like, I was about to ask, were you just like sigh of relief when you saw that almost? Cause I was feeling like, I was having, I was praying a lot, honestly. I was like in this time of feeling like really anxious about this house and not wanting to be there. I was also feeling like, I think this relationship isn't right. And I was just praying like every day. I'm like, please just like give me a sign. Tell me like if this, if I should be here, if I shouldn't be here, I don't know what to do right now. Like I don't feel happy. I feel exhausted. And I would call my mom and talk to her and she's like, you sound exhausted. I'm like, I am. I don't know how else to describe it, but I'm just exhausted. Like dating someone that's so self-involved in themselves, it's so like taxing on you. You're like, when is it ever my turn? Like, when is it ever like, ask me a question, ask me how my day is. I would literally be like, you're going to ask me how my day is. And it would be like 10 o'clock. And it's just like, I don't need the attention. I don't need the like, you don't have to be complimenting me all day, but just like, let me know that like, I'm have value here too, because I'm asking how your day is. I'm invested in you because I'm your partner because I want to be. And it was like, I was never getting that back. It'd been years since I was like getting that back. And, um, yeah, I was doing a lot of praying and a lot of like, I feel like in my gut that this is going to end. And then the blow up fight happened and he packed my stuff up and I never went back. And I just called my parents. I'm like, I'm coming home. And they're like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm okay. They're like, okay. They just got my stuff. And and so you moved home and that was the last time you had seen him or? I would go back a few times. Uh, I felt a lot of guilt. I felt like 
I, because even though he was the, and this was the thing, it was like the gaslighting looking back on it now. It's like, oh my God, please give me some examples of this. Yeah. Um, with my Instagram, with the way I looked. So we would go, we would get ready to go out to dinner. I would put some makeup on, wear a cute outfit. I, I want to go to dinner a half because I want to go to dinner B because I want to wear something cute. Like, give me a reason to dress the same up. way you were when you were in elementary school and you wanted to go to school. Exactly. Like, just give me a reason to put my new heels on. Like, it's just, it has nothing to do with like anything other than that. Like, I just like, I feel good. It's something I like to do. Um, and I would get dressed up and I put makeup on and, and I'd wear like a heel and he would be like, why, why do you want to look good for other people? Or like, why do you want to outshine me? And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, so taken aback. I'm like, you think that I'm trying to outshine you? I'm like, and I didn't know how to feel about it. At first it was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm not trying to outshine you. Like, I'm just like, this is just literally for no one else but me. This isn't even for you. Like lo- love you. But like, I want to wear these heels because I like them. And let me take a pic. I'm trying to build my brand. (laughs) Exactly. Like I'm doing this for, for the Instagram picture, like cut me a break. And it was a lot of, um, making like kind of bringing me down. And every time we'd go out, I will never forget this. This is like the, my friends and I talk about it all the time. It's the infamous blue shoes. Cause I had on a pair of shoes that were blue and they were like these little kitten heel sling back shoes. They were like literally nothing. And I had like a pair of jean shorts on and a black sweater. We went out to dinner and it was like, kind of like a nicer place. And he was so mad at me that I had these blue shoes on because he thought he was sitting at dinner. He's like, I can't even eat this meal. I'm like, what's wrong. He's like, everybody's staring at your shoes. I was like, I'm sorry. What? Like literally no one is staring at my shoes. Like no one's staring at my shoes. I wish was, this was on a YouTube video so I could pop up a picture of these shoes. Like, I've got to see these shoes now. I'm going to send you a picture of these shoes because they're seriously stupid. They're not even like these like six inch, like, you know, crazy heels. It was like a little sling back shoe. I'm like, we're having this conversation. You also don't about- wear things that are super like insane or crazy no. colored or patterns. No. And it turned into this whole thing of like, you always want the attention on you. You're always trying to outshine me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I am tired of feeling like I can't just be myself. If I got, I got my hair colored. It was a big deal because like the hair, like I was trying to like get more attention because my hair was dyed. Like I couldn't wear anything other than black to a wedding. Because, and, this like, was, and this is like not normal for him. It's like all of a sudden he's insecure because you're secure. Yeah. This was so not normal. If anything, he was always my biggest, like, that's my girlfriend, like, so proud of me. I loved that. That was like what I fell in love with. And then it was like two, a a year of just like tearing me down. And I'm, and I was like, I I have a question. Do you think that he was, I know you mentioned he was going through his own stuff and he was like working really hard and maybe it wasn't happening as quickly. And he saw you and he was maybe getting a little jealous that your business was taking off and he was still struggling to build his and which is the case. It doesn't always just pop off. You know, it doesn't, yeah. that doesn't always happen. So, you know, if you're building a business and it's going slower, that's okay. But yeah. do you, you don't think he was doing anything behind your back. You don't think he was like being shady in any way. 
I honestly really don't. I really don't. And I, and I still feel that way. And if I, it were to come out that like, that wasn't the case then like, okay. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way because we lived together and he was working from home. Well, like building his business essentially from home. So like, I always knew where he was. And if he like, wasn't home, it was like between the hours of like 10 to five. So if you're getting your, your like afternoon delight, then like, okay. But I don't think that was the case at all. I really truly don't. Yeah. And I do believe that he, I do believe that he loved me. I just think that he lost how to like love me the right way. And it was just like, I was, or maybe the way that you needed to be loved evolved. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I changed a lot in that year. In 2020, I grew into who I am now so much more than I ever was before. And I think that that scared him. He didn't like, he didn't like my Instagram, Mm -hmm. how public I was like, and Mm -hmm. and a lot of me is very private on Instagram. Like I don't share every little detail about my life. Um, but even the things I did share, it was like, he would, he didn't even follow me on Instagram. He said it was cringy. And I was like, like, it was like, I never had, I didn't have support. Mm -hmm. And I saw that clear as day. And then like the tearing me down for my looks and it was, but it was covered with, you're so pretty without makeup, or I like you so much better this way. And it's like, but that's not the way I, I, the insecure way when I, when you first met me. Yeah. Like. I don't, if I'm going to go out I'm gonna, I want to put a little mascara on because I want to, because I like to, there's so many days that I go out without makeup on no problem. And do I feel the most beautiful? No, but it's fine. Like I don't need to be glammed out all the time. And if you want to be, that's, that's chill. But like, it was just like, I, I uh, it was, and it was, let me ask you this. So a lot of people in relationships, and I know my friends and I have seen this happen and maybe it's happened to someone listening, but when you feel like you are trying to grow, you're feeling like you're trying to be more confident and you're doing X, Y, and Z, and you're starting to come out of your shell a little bit, or like feel like your most natural self, feeling like yourself again, happy, like in a different way and excited for life. I feel sometimes that maybe women and I say women because I'm a woman, that's where I'm standing from, but like they will not lean into that or they'll try and cover it up or apologize for it. Um, what would you say to someone? And then I kind of want to get into the Q&A that people have sent questions in for, but for someone who isn't comfortable yet accepting the fact that they're growing and what would you say to someone who is, because I do think that there's a way to communicate it and like partners can end up being very supportive of that and they like would love it but when they feel like they have to suppress it or apologize or anything like that what would you say to that person I would say that's you're not in the right relationship I would say first if you first of all if like you're growing sure that's a it's a scary thing to grow because that means you're uncomfortable and there's changes but I remember growing And when my relationship was at its best, I didn't feel like, oh, I can't go to him and grow. It was like, this is what I'm doing. I felt confident in it. Like, and it it was like, I wasn't here. you didn't need permission. Yeah. Because it was just, I felt so comfortable in it. I'm like, this is, this feels like the next step for me. This is what I should do. 
But when I started to get kind of like pushback was when I real that's when I felt like, oh, maybe like I should kind of like tone that down or I should kind of like suppress that. That's when I like looking back on it, that's when the relationship was no longer healthy because all of a sudden I felt like I had to like hold something back in. But I will say this too, like sometimes it's something that you can just talk about because there are, there were times where like, I felt uncomfortable at something, but he was my advocate. And I, and it, when I launched, when I started my business and I lost my job, he was my biggest supporter. He was like, this is what you should have been doing. This is what you should do. I felt uncomfortable, but like he was in my corner kind of cheering me on. So I didn't feel suppressed. I was uncomfortable, but not like, oh, I have to like tone myself down. But it wasn't until I kind of reached success with work and then my personal brand started to pick up where he felt threatened because maybe he wasn't in the sim- the situation he wanted to be in. And I finally was in a situation I was happy in. Um, so I think it's just looking at your situation, what's going on. It's so hard because everyone's relationships and situations are so different, but there's a difference between feeling uncomfortable but, or feeling like. I can't totally person. And you were always making sure that you like spoke about it. You were talking about it. You weren't just saying, letting all these fights happen and then not saying what you really felt. And then all of a sudden one day it exploded. It's like, you were vocal about it the whole time. It was vocal the whole time. I think that was the most important thing was because, especially just for myself, like looking back, it was like, I did everything I had, I could do like, I was not like quiet about, it. I wasn't letting it build up. I was like, Hey, this isn't right. Or like, I, I don't like this, or this is like, I don't like when things are this way. And it was like, oh, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, okay. But then like, it kept happening. I'm like, and it gets to the point where it's like, okay, like this is, this is now it because yeah, I don't need to, I'm not here to change people. Like you, if you want to be like, you need to just be who you are and you need to be happy too. And like, we weren't making each other happy anymore. Totally. And vice, yeah, vice versa. Like if, if, if it wasn't working for one, it wasn't working for either, you know? Yeah. It's not like it was like roses in his land. Like I'm sure it was like, it was really hard for him too. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the hardest part was just coming to the conclusion of this is it. Like we got to just kind of call it. Well, I want to get into some of these questions because I think this will be, this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you seem so fresh and confident and like ready. So, and inspired. Um, okay. So we did get a number of questions coming in and I want to start with this one. Um, you did just mention, you kind of touched on this, but this one says, how do you deal with an ex that moved on really fast? So I, I, I'm through yeah. it. Um, I just, I focused on me. I was, I relied a lot on my family and my girlfriends in the very beginning. Um, I just kind of was really honest with them and was like, this is hard. This sucks. And they felt like how brokenhearted I was over it. And they did a really amazing job of checking in on me and not, and then, but also I took it upon myself to go to my family and to go like to my mom and my sisters and my friends 
where usually I feel bad. I'm like, I don't want to like make any, I don't want anyone to feel bad for me. I don't want to like burden anyone. But I really just reached out when I needed to talk. And I was like, Hey, I'm going through it. Like I called my girlfriends crying, like at midnight, I'm like, I'm just like, I'm in it right now. And, um, not one time where they like, I'm too tired or you're bothering me or anything. And it was like, I just always put myself in the position for once in my life of if I were the friend, like, what would I do? What would I tell my best friend in this situation right now? And I kept thinking that, and, um, it helps a lot. And I blocked him on everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, just and- see it. I don't need to see it. And it could be that eventually you like unblock him if you want to or whatever. Um, well, so do you mean that you are moving on pretty quickly? Are you dating someone? <laughs> I care. I, um, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to give names, but what does it rhyme with? Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's a gem. He's a really, it's like, I, felt like I had to close a door by myself entirely to like, let this new, really great person back into my life, not back into my life. It's not someone that has been in my life before, but it's a new, like, it's just, it's really refreshing and it's really great. Damn girl. Well done. I'm not well done as, but well done on you. That's awesome. And, and if it just so happened that he walked into your life at the right time that means that you were open and ready and happy on your own and he was too and then you attract I think that you what is it you you attract what you are you know yeah Yeah. we talk about all the time it's like um and I think the biggest thing with what works so well my situation now is like we're both big like energy people like if you put good out you're gonna get good back in and I felt like I was at so centered in myself at the time that we met that it was like, there's nothing but good going out. I don't, you know, totally. I think that that's huge. And more and more people are going to, it might be said in a different way, but it's, it is what it is. Um, next question that I got was interesting. Just got broken up with yesterday. I'm 32 and I'm so over getting back into dating help. Okay. (laughs) Dating sucks. (laughs) (laughs) dating sucks. Um, yeah. Okay. This is what I'll say. You just got broken up with. I didn't go out like to date. Like it took me months of girl time, me time, doing things for myself, feeling really uncomfortable in my feelings. And I'm the type of person that like, I'm an extrovert. I like to be around people. It makes me feel better. Like I, you know, there's a good balance, but I'll say this, like when you go through a breakup, it's really hard to be by yourself. It really is. So, um, I would say worry less about dating right now and worry and, and do things that are just going to go make you happy, like small things. And it sounds so silly, but like, once you get into, once you build a routine and start having these habits that genuinely are just making you happy for you, things will fall into life. Like if you're like, Oh, I don't want to go start dating. And then like you get on the apps and you start dating. It's like, you're not in a good place to be dating. You don't even want to be there. You don't want to do it. Like build yourself first, do things that are making you happy first, go through the feels, let yourself work through it. And then like 
then maybe go out on the app or then maybe someone will walk into your life now. Like I shouldn't say naturally because apps are just a part of like the way we date now, but like who knows what will happen, I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm going to say. But and it, also it, like, that's pretty universal advice, but for a good reason. It's, yeah, it, exactly. Because it works. Exactly. And it's like, you hear that and you're like, ugh, like how many times am I going to freaking hear that? But like putting it into practice is way harder than you think it is. It really is. It's like a muscle you have to flex a little yeah. bit every day and then it gets a little easier every day. Um, okay. And last one that actually doesn't have anything to do with relationships, but I selfishly wanted this as well. Um, so someone asked, how do you look so put together all the time? Your style is impeccable. I agree. What are some of your simple style tips? Because I am shit at putting an outfit together. I'm like, oops, forgot to like change after the gym. It's me right now. I just, I'm like, oh, I guess I'll wear a hat and make it look like I'm just working out. It's not the case. I'm just that is also me most of the time. <laughs> but even your athletic wear, it's put together. So if you were to have just a couple of pieces styled together, what are some of your top tips for just like staying put together and fresh? Um, fit is everything. I don't buy it if it doesn't fit. And it's hard for me to shop because I'm short and petite. So it's like jeans. I usually swim in, but it took a long time of like finding like a good pair of denim. You need a good pair of denim. You need a basic top, a white t-shirt, a white tank top, something simple. And just like, for me, a hoop, I feel confident. And I am like, I'm taking over the town in a hoop and a pair of jeans. Like, it's just like, that's That's what I feel most confident in. So find something that you're like, this is my piece. Like it could be anything, but every, you you don't have to like make everything a statement. It's like, find the one thing that you feel so comfortable and confident in. And then things that just fit you well. Like I have a lot of basics. I was telling this to somebody a few days ago that I'm like, if you were to actually walk into my closet, it's kind of boring. Like (laughs) it's jeans. It's like white tees. And like, I will say I love shoes. So like I'll, I love to find like a cool different pair of shoes. So like most of the time my outfits jeans and like something simple and like maybe my accessories louder or like unique or different. Yeah. I think you're really- you've got to send us these blue shoes, these insane blue shoes that you're talking about that like ended a relationship. <laughs> They're like my iconic blue shoes at this point. <laughs> iconic is the word. Damn. Well, yeah. so, um, yeah, that's actually a really great piece of advice. And I think that that's for any time of year, for anybody, yeah, for any anything. But um, thank you so much for your time and spilling the beans and sharing your story. I'm so excited for everything you have moving forward. I need to talk to you about branding. So we will talk about that later, but um, I can't wait for everyone to follow you, but we'll talk to you guys next week. so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you all loved that conversation with Anastasia. She is awesome. Such a hot badass. Wow. So you guys make sure you guys follow her on Instagram and all over social media. She's a wealth of knowledge and you will get so many style tips. Also make sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It means the world to me and I look so forward to our two episodes together next week.